Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 498th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida. Go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well, unfortunately, I have to start with my lowlight of the week, which is the Tampa Bay Bucks losing to the Cleveland Browns. And I'm down here in the Tampa area and... The disappointment is, quite frankly, overwhelming. The Bucks, of course, were coming off two straight wins after a rocky start to the season. And everybody, uh, you know, two week, couple weeks back, their first win of the two that I mentioned uh, was, of course, the 35-second the, the comeback to beat the Rams. And then, they, and then they won in Munich over the Seahawks. Had a bye week, and everybody thought, okay, here we go. And it came to a screeching halt yesterday in Cleveland, uh, low-lighted by the fact that, you know, they didn't call a timeout after they got a first-down conversion with just uh, really seconds to go. Um, probably cost themselves a potential of, you know, two plays and possibly, and if, if successful, uh, a game-winning field goal uh, that would have prevented overtime. And uh, so, yeah, they, to get real specific, they had a, they completed a first down pass and just let the clock tick down to, I think eight seconds. And there was just nothing they could do, but throw up a Hail Mary, uh, which was not complete. And uh, I just couldn't believe uh, what I was seeing as the seconds were ticking away, and I, I don't—I I certainly think I had a lot of company. Uh, certainly did down here in Florida, and I'm assuming nationwide. So just a, again, just a really disappointing loss. Maybe the most disappointing loss of the year, because everybody was really just assuming down here in the Tampa area and Brady and Bucks fans everywhere that they had righted the ship with their last two victories and uh, we were going to see the team from uh, that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago start to uh, materialize. And uh, so again, just as disappointing a loss as I can remember with the Bucks since Brady arrived, truly. Um, but my highlight of the week was right down here in Florida. And it was watching Trevor Lawrence 
leading the Jacksonville Jaguars down the field against the Baltimore Ravens for a last-second touchdown. And then they, uh, Doug Peterson, the coach, decided to go for the game-winning two-point conversion. Uh, they were down one point, so you, you make it, you win, you don't, you lose. And they, of course, made it both the touchdown pass and the two-point conversion pass by Trevor Lawrence were vintage Clemson Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and I think it could be potentially a career turning point for Lawrence, who we'll all remember is, you know, a, a prodigy, a generational quarterback, probably the first deemed that term since Andrew Luck come out of Stanford. And uh, he had a, you know, rocky first year, rookie year uh, with Kurt Urban Meyer. We all know that story. And <clears throat> they've been showing a lot of positive signs lately. But, you know, they, they and Trevor Lawrence in particular, uh, they, the Jaguars, did not have that, uh, that, that moment until yesterday. And that was a moment. Uh, Ravens, as we all know, are... Uh, perennial playoff team and we also all know that they've had a penchant this year for giving up fourth quarter leads and uh, uh, you know the Jaguars tapped into that and again the two passes were just things of beauty and uh, so Trevor Lawrence the spares watching because he now might become and turn into uh the generational quarterback that everybody had predicted since uh, since really when he won the national championship, I believe his freshman year for Clemson. And uh, so it's going to be fun to watch uh, how he progresses from this point on. Uh, my bizarre story of the week is the Denver Broncos literally falling apart. Uh, Russell Wilson and a defensive lineman had an exchange uh, caught on camera for all to see yesterday. I think it was in the fourth quarter. And uh, they both dismissed it after the game. Uh, but it is, uh, you know, something going on there. <laughs> you know, and you have to believe that it was, uh, well, the defensive lineman said just frustration. And again, Russell Wilson dismissed it. But they're just uh, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Russell Wilson, of course, who had just a fabulous career as the Seattle Seahawks quarterback over the last number of years. Uh, uh, Denver gave away the house to get him. They thought that he was the missing link to taking them to the next level, and it has basically turned out to be the exact opposite of that. Russ is not cooking in Denver, and uh, so it is going to bear uh, – a lot of watching, you know, because, again, uh, they gave up number one draft picks, that type of thing. They gave up a haul to get him. And if it doesn't work out there, and so far, not so good. Uh, it could, their, their future could really be in jeopardy there, you know, with losing, with what they gave up to get him there. Uh, of course, NFL Sunday is fun every week. It's this must-see TV, uh, the best reality show uh, in America, period. 
but great games yesterday. The Dolphins continue to look really good uh, with Tua leading the show. They beat the Texans yesterday. The Jets switching quarterbacks, benching Zach Wilson, number two pick, I believe, uh, certainly super high pick a couple years ago, well above Mac Jones, who was picked at 15. And uh, he was benched and in street clothes uh, after losing to the Patriots, who beat him twice this year. Mike White come in and just looked great as they won in the rain. Um, so uh, fascinating situation there. To say the least, I mean, right now they're, I believe, would qualify for the playoffs. The uh, Bengals are rounding back. Uh, in the Super Bowl form. They beat the Titans yesterday uh, without uh, Jamar Chase. So that's pretty impressive. And they're starting to, again, really uh, show the form they showed during the playoffs last year in getting to and playing a very competitive Super Bowl and losing to the Rams. And speaking of the Rams, they lost to the Chiefs, and they are on track to become one of the worst defending champions in NFL history. Uh, they are just having a horrible year. And, uh, you know, most importantly, I, I, I don't think I was alone in just, you know, automatically assuming the Chiefs were going to beat him, which they did pretty handily, handily enough. And uh, so, yeah, the Rams, that's really kind of crazy. Um the Washington Commanders uh, are just on an absolute roll. I think they've won six out of seven. Uh, and it, it's just remarkable to see with everything swirling around uh, down there. Uh, Taylor Heineke, the quarterback, uh, is just great. I love the guy. And, uh, you know, coming out of Old Dominion, and clearly he sets the standard for a team responding to him. And oh, by the way, back to the Jets, the, his Mike White's teammates just, again, seemed to play for him, swarmed him afterwards like they had just won a Super Bowl. So that's, again, fascinating to see what the future of Zach Wilson will be there. Raiders Seahawks played a great overtime game, and Josh Jacobs had the game of his career and an 85-yard winner uh, run to put the game away, a walk-off, which was just a fascinating play, tremendous highlight to watch. Uh, 49ers really, really on a roll. The defense is just looking overwhelming at this point. Uh, just some stats are coming out. You know, I don't think they've given up any points in the second half or something like that for the last four games. And finally, we have the Packers uh, losing to the Eagles, but most notably, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. It wasn't his thumb. He spoke after the game on a press conference, of course, and uh, said it was his ribs. He even referenced concern about having his concern about having perhaps a punctured lung. Uh, but then he also threw it out there that, you know, depending on what comes back today with, they did an x-ray yesterday. I think I'm assuming they're doing an MRI today, but assuming what comes back could dictate if he plays next week or whatever. Uh, so that's really, uh, 
situation worth watching with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, will he play again this year? That is the question, depending on what comes back. And now that the Packers are pretty much out of the playoff race, uh, do, you, do you play him or do you look at Jordan Love, who I thought looked pretty good last night when he came in uh, when Rodgers had to leave with the injury? And so I would think that the Packers would really, really want to know what do they have in Jordan Love. It's a massive, massive uh, impact on the team's future, Jordan Love's future, and of course Aaron Rodgers' future. We know he, we all know he signed the contract not all that long ago, long term, uh, big time contract. So uh, it all bears watching. He's had his worst year maybe ever and you know he has confirmed he had a broken thumb going back uh to maybe week five the one over in england where they lost to the giants so uh fascinating situation there so now let's take our break and next up is our call-in expert ap stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers sec football and many other sports as well so don't go anywhere Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, as always, thank you for joining us and it was just a football extravaganza for the past four days, uh, and uh, both in college and the NFL, of course. Uh, but AP, I think the dominant college game, and we love our college game here, was clearly Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan had a second half like no other, uh, and just really rolling over Ohio State and Columbus, something I'd Frankly, don't think a lot of us thought we'd ever see <laughs> anybody come in and do that, let alone Michigan, the team, the team up north. And, uh, and Jim Harbaugh can finally, once and for all, rest easy. He, you know, beat him last year up in Ann Arbor to get that monkey off his back. Had never beaten Ohio State in his, whatever, five, six years there. And then he won in Columbus. And it was the first Michigan win in Columbus over Ohio State since 2000. That's 22 years. Um, <laughs> so, AP, what'd you think? That that was just again something to see. Yeah, John, that was fascinating to watch the game, and you can tell there were some critical coaching decisions by Jim Harbaugh to lead yes. his team to victory. Uh, I recall, I think it was a third and one, and they inserted a. Was he a linebacker, and they put him as a fullback, halfback, and he threw a pass on the third yes, one? exactly. That, that was a cool play. That, that Very cool. Surprised everybody. Surprised everybody. So, um, you know, that that was interesting, right? But that's a strictly a coaching decision. I mean, you could – it's not something that you, you didn't recognize as being uh, something from the sidelines, specifically that they had practiced for this game. So that was one. And then, uh, you know, with Ohio State not having um, uh, had many plays against them throughout the season of over 50 yards and to have four or five in that game, that was significant for Michigan. I mean, that's good coaching and planning and strategy and scheming. So, I mean, those are things that are evident. They just didn't happen. Correct, AP. Good observation. Um, yeah, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he showed some creativity on uh, on Saturday. And also, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, what really sealed the deal was, of course, the uh, 
the long runs, uh, the two long runs by the number two running back. I think it was a 75-yarder and a second one along those lines to put the game away. And that was created, I believe, by the, you know, passing game led by quarterback J.J. McCarthy, who just simply, uh, you, you know, played a non-Michigan style of offense, meaning passing. And, uh, and that opened up the running game in the fourth quarter to just put it away. And this was all without their main running back, uh, Corum, who had a knee injury, played, I think, one play. I think he ran the first play of the game, walked, kind of walked to the sideline and clearly must have said, that's it. I <laughs> can't do it. But he gave it a shot. So, yeah, the, the running game was uh, – and, that, and that's Michigan's calling card. I mean, they, as we all know, ran over Penn State with a few hundred yards against Penn State uh, right. a few weeks back. So, fascinating AP. Um, re- really, really good stuff and uh, really fun to watch. Yeah, John, I was uh, very impressed with the young man. He was not able to continue – and I think that's the ultimate team player. He realized yes. that someone else, uh, the reserve, would be much better. And so you have to salute him for recognizing the fact that he he was he was injured to the point of not being effective, and he realized those circumstances and uh, took himself out of the game. So that was big. And then his replacement ended up with what two hundred plus yards. Exactly. Uh, again, on, yeah, on to just massively impressive, uh, you know, runs to just, again, seal the deal. Um, uh, that was really, you know, just great stuff to watch. Um, so, yeah, uh, hats off to Michigan. What can you say? I mean, I, I think last year when they got to the, uh, you, you know, when they got to the, CFP playoff, you know, not everybody was expecting much. And by the way, the Michigan running back uh, who did uh, blow it open, Donovan Edwards, uh, you, you know, right. filling in when uh, showing up big time when Blake Corum could not due to his injury. But yeah, AP, um, it was just, uh, again, so Michigan has, I feel, turned the corner, and I think anybody, everybody would agree they're a threat to win the national championship big time. I think they can, they play like Saturday. They can compete with any of the top four teams, and that includes, obviously, number one, Georgia. Oh, yeah, John, when you play defense like they did against Ohio State, now that, and that's on the road, it Correct. hold them to three points in the second half, so that's with all the adjustments of the other staff. And they have uh, all-American receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. and the other mm-hmm. receiver. I can't pronounce his name, so I won't even attempt it. And they have a very good tight end and uh, a Heisman Trophy-type quarterback. <clears throat> and uh, you shut them out, a team that's averaging 45 to 50 points a game to three points in the second half. I mean, those, those are significant defensive uh, moments for your football team. Uh, and then you put 45 on the board yourself, and you you have the ability during the week, you're scheming, you're planning, and you end up with all those explosive plays in the passing game, and 
J.J. McCarthy, I guess he's listed as probably a 50% uh, passer, something of that nature. And he was 50% on Saturday, but he was highly effective with over 200-something yards. And uh, he hit every long pass. Uh, I mean, yes, he did. I mean, when it was open, he didn't, he didn't overthrow it. Uh, if he if he if he underthrew it, it was the the receiver had the ability to come back. So he, he completed every one of those. You never watched the game and said, "Oh, gee whiz, he he missed the throw or something." It, it gave them a, a chance to score. I mean, it, it's one of those opportunities that. And look back and say, oh, we could have had a touchdown if our quarterback hit the receiver. No, he hit every single one of them. Absolutely. And early in the game, AP, the announcer on TV <clears> said <throat> that Michigan believed the weakest part of the Ohio State team was the secondary. You talk about a good prophecy. I mean, for whatever reason, that statement caught my attention. And <laughs> within the hour uh, of him saying it, uh, it was all coming true. Uh, big right, time. Right, right. Oh, yeah, John, I'm just looking at his percentage. I guess he's actually, the, uh, this year, uh, 65%, 17 TDs, uh, just the two interceptions, according to this this particular website, John, uh, J.J. McCarthy. So he's had a really nice season. That, I mean, that's not a lot of yards, 2,200, John, but he's on a team that's undefeated and playing for the Big Ten championship and will be listed probably in more uh, – in all probability, number two in the college football playoff rank. Yeah, and AP, uh, I mean, bottom line, you, you know, I know he was highly regarded when he arrived. They took the training wheels off Saturday. It's just that simple in my estimation. You know, I've seen yeah. him play a few times. I'm familiar with uh, how highly rated he was. Uh, and, you, you know, the He's been, you know, again, they just took the training wheels off and, you know, cut him loose. And he delivered, big time delivered. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So pretty cool. Oh, oh yeah. It was, uh, it was obvious that he was confident. He just seemed poised in the pocket. Yep. He, he felt the pressure. I, don't, I can't remember uh, looking back now if he was stacked um, at all during that game. Um but he was terrific that ball game. He, to me, I would say he's the MVP because if your quarterback on the road is not successful, more than likely you're going to have difficulty that afternoon or night. But he, I think he was the MVP, and I would say the Michigan defense also. Yes, and I agree 100%. And, you know, uh, because it was his play in the first three quarters, McCarthy's, that led to – Again, Donovan Edwards just, you know, really making two highlight real runs, uh, you know, that will be long remembered <laughs> up north. Um, you, you know, and again, that that was all the ultimate result of, uh, again, what J.J. McCarthy did in the passing game earlier in the game. And uh, so it was great stuff, AP. You, you know, it was just two undefeated teams, the best rivalry uh this side of Auburn, Alabama, you know, both undefeated teams, as I just said, uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. I think they were whatever, two and three in the country. Uh, it was just all the elements were in place and the game delivered. It really did. 
Oh, yeah. And although Ohio State had nearly 500 yards shot at 492, right. uh, Michigan kept them out of the end zone, and Michigan ended up with 530 total. So they had the balance attack, 278 yards, 252 yards rushing. Uh, you know, Ohio State threw for 349, but as I said, you know, three points in the second half. The name of the game is uh, scoring points, touchdowns, and they couldn't get in the end zone. So, uh, you know, they had more first downs, 23 to 16 in Michigan, and uh, more plays, 77 plays to 60. But yep. the effectiveness of Michigan could not be uh, denied when you watch that game. They, they were able to run and throw the ball uh, with equal efficiency, and that's why they were victorious. And Michigan, I felt as the game progressed, John, that Ohio State had started to feel that pressure that they yep. applied uh, on themselves throughout the year because they kept mentioning how it was 365 days. They had to live with that loss, and then it yep. began, began to mount, and they, they couldn't overcome uh, that that situation, you know, Michigan jumped on top of them in the second half, and, and I just felt they were they were gaining confidence while Ohio State was losing confidence. Exactly. Yes. Very good observation, AP. Um, but again, great game to watch, and hats off to Michigan on that. And AP, there was lots of other great games. It was rivalry weekend. Uh, a weekend all college football fans just savor. So why don't we take our break now and still want to talk about all these great games that occurred in the last four days. And uh, we'll do that on the other side. So don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The kickoff to winter is less than three weeks away, so now is the time for hunters to hit the woods and fill their freezers. And Laden Force of North American Whitetail is joining the revolution with Jim and Trav this week to help us do just that. Plus, phoning into the studio will be Brett Williams from Donation Outdoors with timely tips for donating wild game to those in need. The revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Where's America listeners? Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent the previous segment totally devoting it to the Michigan-Ohio State game, and deservedly so, given the uh, given the massive impact that game obviously has on the college football playoffs. So the landscape is now a little different. Uh, you know, it's clearly Georgia number one. Uh, then we have Michigan, um, TCU, and now perhaps a uh, USC and AP. Um, as the potential final four, the committee announcement will be fascinating tomorrow night. It'll set it up, but it's not the final one. That's next Sunday. But AP, we referenced Heisman Trophy in the previous conversation, but we didn't go deeper. AP, I was blown away with how good Caleb Caleb Williams is, the USC quarterback who, of course, left Oklahoma along with Lincoln Riley to go to USC. Very API had no idea he was that good of a runner. I knew he was good, but watching him Saturday night was like a wow. Yeah, John, he can escape the pass rush. He seems to feel the pressure from the various angles. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he can throw from any position. He has a really strong arm. I mean, yeah. he lets loose with it. He, it's 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 a rocket coming off of you know on the release. And he's the closest thing I guess I've seen to Patrick Mahomes. I would say he's very. I think he's very similar, uh, or Josh Allen that type, I guess. Uh, wow! But he's in a you know strong contention for the Heisman. He's leading very his strong. teams to went to wins. Uh, they lost to Utah. I think it was forty three to forty two earlier in the season in, at Utah. So now I they watched have to that play game. in Las Vegas. Yeah, you watched yep. that game, down, So you saw it. So uh, the Utah game, have yes. To play. That, that was a that was uh, that was not overtime. Was it John overtime? Or just regular, if it was overtime, it, it went down to the final play, regardless of if it was overtime or 
uh, yeah. you know, not regulation. Yeah. It went to the last yeah. play. Remember that? <clears throat> yeah. So they they lost by one point, so now they get to face that team that uh, defeated them during the regular season. That's in Las Vegas. Now at nighttime, John, it, it could be pretty cool in Las Vegas. Correct. Pretty cool this time this time of year. So gets cold in the desert. Type, yeah, maybe like similar type temperatures. I don't know what that game was when they played against Utah, but usually it's on a Friday night and the weather's kind of cool. So, but uh, anyway, they're, they're hot offensively, uh, defensively. John, they they create a lot of turnovers. John, a lot of turnovers. They they give up points, but they create a lot of turnovers. Uh, I think they're one of the top teams in America. I think creating turnovers. USC. USC. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're just, uh, you, you know, fascinating team, actually. Uh, you know, they've just had a solid year. Again, I can't think of a better situation as far as the committee's concerned mm-hmm. than if USC can beat the one team that beat them by one point. That, to me, right. so, like, just shows, like, th- th- that to me is, I don't know, just impressive. Uh, and I would think that the community, committee would view that uh, very highly. I, I think they might get in AP. I mean, what are we talking about here? That U.S. or excuse me, Ohio State after losing to Michigan. I mean, it was a pretty bad defeat. Right. You know, forty-five to whatever, right. twenty-eight, right. I think, and or thereabouts. Right. And you know, at home, right. at Ohio State, all of it. We all saw the game, so <laughs> there's, yeah. it doesn't need yeah. further discussion. Yeah, so. But TCU, no, no. go ahead. Yeah, TCU has to play Kansas State, John. I think that game, maybe you saw it, but I believe they played Kansas State and they were they were being uh, they were behind by twenty eight to ten, I think. But they came back to beat Kansas State. But so they have to play against them again in Austin, Texas. So Kansas State, they can let loose because they don't have anything to lose. Where all the pressure's on TCU now. So far, they've been very good, right? They haven't let that pressure affect them. They've come from behind many times. Uh, but this game, it's it, when, you, when you're playing these tight ball games, you get one turnover or more, and, and that's in, that will include one or two more possessions. That could be the difference. So TCU, uh, John, and what, what if they happen to lose a close game? Are they still in the playoffs based on their 12-0 and season? It's a great question, AP. I might lean to thinking not. So right now where we're looking at is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Again, I referenced Ohio State as potentially, you know, on the outside looking in, but you never know. Um, Yeah. But I'm missing a team. Go ahead. Yeah, John, you know, when you look at this, okay, you know, and it's fun to play with these different scenarios, but if Kansas Very State so. loses that game clo- closely, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not, uh, yeah, loses to Kansas State. TCU loses to Kansas State. Now, that's a loss, and Kansas State, I think, has three losses, and they mm-hmm. lost to Tulane this year. Uh, Tulane, that was a big win for Tulane, I think, beating Kansas State this year. So now you get the teams by default, okay? You're coming up with teams, Ohio State, okay? You're coming up with uh, Alabama. Now, Alabama, they lost to a team, LSU, who has three losses. Now, here's an interesting uh, oh, yeah. note about the LSU loss. I don't know if this has happened. Has, has a division winner in the SEC lost 
to the last place team in the division. Has that ever happened? Division winner lost to the last place team. Not that I can recall. In, in this the is what happened. I, 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 yeah, I don't recall that. Right. That's what happened Saturday night. I, I watched a lot of that game, uh, certainly the ending. Yeah. A&M yeah, so, beating LSU handily. Right. Handily. Right. Right. So before when you're saying that Alabama lost on the road by a point to LSU, lost by uh, three points to Tennessee on the road, now you're looking at a team that, that they lost to was LSU. They have three losses, and they have lost to Texas A&M, which is a 5-7 and seven team. So now that Kansas State, if, you, if TCU loses, you lost to the conference champion in a close game. I think that TCU, by that body of work, they beat Texas 17 to 10. Alabama has a common opponent, 20 to 19 beating Texas. I'm thinking that TCU gets the nod over Alabama, even if the TCU loses. Yeah. Yeah. I I tend to agree. AP. Um, I just think that, yeah, TCU is, they put together a because, great season. They had their well, best game of the year on Saturday, for yeah, sure, with the defense. Yeah, what, and, and, they, and, they, and they had already beaten Kansas State, so that counts for something as well. It's a positive a minus situation. And then you look at Alabama. What is Alabama's best wins this season? Right. The best, the best wins this season, believe it or not, 8-4 and four Ole Miss, 8-4 and four Mississippi State. That's not very impressive. Not not overly impressive. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and I said, so yeah. a common opponent. Common opponent. TCU beat Texas by seven points. Alabama, one point. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I think the TCU game. I think the TCU game was at Texas as well. So that's a a road victory by seven versus one point. So I. You know, and it like I say, it's by default. You have to get four teams somehow, some way. If USC loses or uh, TCU loses, my, my feeling is it would be Ohio State, TCU, Michigan, and Georgia. However, order you place them. If TCU loses, they're out, and, and no, Ohio no, State's no, I in. If T, if, I, I, I believe if TCU, TCU loses and USC loses, USC will have the two losses, both to Utah. I say USC is out. I would say TCU is still in it, and you okay. bring in Ohio State for the fourth team. You have Michigan and Georgia. Those are the four teams. Yeah, because I'm looking here at the football writers poll that is released every Sunday, and yeah, Ohio State's uh, yeah in order: Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, top four. Ohio State's number five, so they're in position. Uh, and they're not playing a game, i.e. They're, they're not going to win or lose a game this coming weekend. Uh, Alabama is number no, six. No, they're done. Yeah, they're done. And Alabama so is feeling, sitting there at six. Yeah, yeah my feeling is even if TCU loses, they still have a record that stands up against Alabama because you will have lost to the conference champion, Kansas State, and you also will have beaten them. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you will I, have beaten the common opponent, Texas, by seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of one. No, I agree, AP. I mean, we're really down to six teams. Uh, Ohio State and Alabama sitting at five and six in the football writers' poll. But then you get Penn State's at number seven, which uh, 
is good from the Penn State point of view, which is my point of view. <laughs> and uh, so they're right, right. From, they 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 have the two losses, Ohio State, Michigan. So they're out of it. You know, they're they're, they're not out. in contention for the playoffs. Yeah. No, my point is Penn State at number seven, and every other team below them: Tennessee, Washington, Clemson, blah blah blah. They're they're all out. Period. <laughs> so yeah. we're yeah. There's only yeah. two Pen- teams. Yeah. Pen- the, the, the team that feels the worst, yeah. The team that feels the worst this season. There's no question. There's no question. It's Tennessee. Oh no! Because doubt. here you are. The, it'd be the first time you could be in the playoffs. You have to beat South Carolina on the road, who scored six points against Florida in Gainesville. Six points. Correct. And you face them the next week, and they scored sixty-three on your defense. I watched that. That point. That was insane. So, yeah, so you 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 there's no there's no one more, more sad than the Tennessee fans this year, I think, I believe. Because they were and then they had to beat Vanderbilt, which they did 56 nothing, but it's too late. Too late. Right. Too late. It, no, um, it, it, so, it crashed and then and, and then you at see, the end unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and then you see all these teams losing, Clemson losing, Ohio State losing. I mean, Tennessee all they have to do is cheer for Georgia on Saturday. And they're in. They're in like Flint. Matter of fact, matter of fact, they're probably the number two seed. Right. Yeah. Which would have them playing in Arizona anyway, but you know, Georgia's gonna play in Atlanta, but it has them the number two seed probably against Michigan, let's say. And then you have let's you know, TCU uh plays Georgia or USC plays Georgia, something like that. Yeah, see t- Tennessee if if you TCU lost Tennessee would be sitting with one loss to Georgia by two touchdowns. They'd probably get in over TCU. Okay, that would that would snub the Pac-12. I mean, the Big 12 again, like that has happened in the past when Baylor and TCU had good teams at four and six, and then they switched them and put Ohio State in the playoff. I believe that's the way it, it worked out years ago. But so ten, the Tennessee people have to feel so bad at this point. They have to feel happy that the season with ten wins and Hendon Hooker, which he got hurt. Um, you know, but, uh, they've, they've have, they had the best chance to be in the playoffs and didn't even have to win, um, the championship game. They could have just finished out the season by defeating South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And, oh, by the way, South Carolina beats two top 10 teams after scoring six points. They, they scored 94 in two, two games, 63 at home and 31 on the road against Clemson. And here's Clemson sitting right in contention, John, right? They're, if TCU loses, USC loses, Ohio State lost, they're right in the thick of it. They they could be that fourth team, and they right lose now. at home to South Carolina. So they had beaten, I guess, seven straight times um, in the past seven years. Exactly, AP. They were, uh, yeah, they, they were still in position. They needed a lot of help and, you know, some, frankly, crazy outcomes, Clemson. But, you, you know, uh it was kind of there for them if everything had to break perfectly, but that's all over now. Forget that. Right. Um, but AP, yeah, it's fun to to try to do this. Uh, again, so many of the results, A&M beating LSU, Clemson losing to South Carolina. I, I mean, shocking stuff to say the least. Uh, but I watched both of those South Carolina games. And uh, they were unbelievable, quite frankly. Um, you know, right. I kind of I liked them. I mean, I've been to Columbia, I drove by the stadium, and right. you know, I, I think it's Frank Beamer's son is the coach. If I if I'm not 
mistaken. Shane, yeah, Shane Beamer. Yeah, Shane Beamer. Yeah. So, you know, they're very good on special teams, obviously. There's no no question they've been good on special <laughs> right. teams. And Spencer Rattler, the transfer from Oklahoma, he's come alive now. He seems to understand that offense, and when something goes right. wrong, it doesn't phase him, and he still continues to have a good ball game. Exactly, AP. And uh, there was a great picture of him sitting in the locker room, smoking a stogie. Just a classic picture of him right, that I right. saw that I, I loved. Uh, y- you know, the way things worked out in Oklahoma uh, when he and Caleb Williams replaced him, and it just didn't work out well. It was not a great ending. Uh, so I personally am glad to see him kind of, you know, emerging here at the end of the season for South Carolina. And, uh yeah. No, what they, I mean, if, AP, if it was the NFL and somehow South Carolina made the playoffs, they would be, quote, the hot team going in, um, to say the least, right. uh, hotter than hot. Right. The, the team nobody would want right. to face, uh, all those cliches. But, uh, you, you know, I, I think they qualify for a bowl. So I think we'll get one more look at them. Uh, but they are on an absolute utter roll right now. And Frank Beamer has been a great post-game interview. Excuse me, Shane Beamer, Frank's son. Right. Great yeah. post-game interview. Uh, you can yeah. sense the excitement. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like South Carolina is suddenly, you know, back in the conversation for heading into next year. As just being, a, yeah. you know, a team to contend with, a contender. Right. Yeah, you wonder if Spencer Rattler will return. With this NIL, I mean, that's a strong possibility because I don't see him being a real high draft choice at the quarterback position, but it only takes one, one team to like him. But I think if he came back, he'd probably improve his stock some because he's going to run an offense that he has grasped now towards the end of the season and and they have some momentum, but uh, that's up to him. But yeah, I think South Carolina, that's one of the definite surprises of the college football season. I, You know, I, my team before the, the season started was USC. That would be the surprise team. Uh, no did, I, did I think they would be in the playoffs? I wasn't sure. But I thought they'd be in the championship game of the league. You know, that's what I thought. Uh, it would have been nice to have uh, UCLA in there as well. That would be kind of fun. I don't know if they can do that in that league. If there's there's those two divisions. They, they still have the two divisions up there, John. The title I forgot now, but um, but anyhow, they, UCLA faltered a couple times, you know, and so did so did Oregon. They couldn't get to the championship, right? Oregon was defeated by Oregon State with a big lead. They had a big lead this this um, past Saturday, and they couldn't hold it. Oh yeah, it didn't end well uh, for Oregon this year. No. Uh, yeah, I think two of their no. last three games were losses or whatever. But just yeah. back quickly yeah. to Spencer Rattler. Uh, it will be interesting to watch AP. But you know, after these last two games, you, you kind of right. could speculate that he wants to keep this thing going. I mean, he knows you know they, right. how much talent they have returning, all that good stuff. But it feels like they kind of broke through. Here, the last two t- two games, beating two, you know, frankly, legendary programs, uh, and teams were having good years, you know, maybe not football playoff years, but really good years, and uh, you know, right. big names. So right. that, that bears watching, um, and that's going to be fun uh, to see as well. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's going to be again tomorrow night will be fascinating because it will set up the final decision, which I believe is uh, six days from now, Sunday, as always. So AP, it'll be, uh, you know, and there will be, you can almost go to the bank with it. It's college football. That's why we watch it and love it. There's, there'll probably be an upset next this weekend, championship weekend, more than likely, and maybe more than one. Yeah, it's a strong possibility, John, because what happens is not that the other teams are favored by a lot of points or have um, better players, but coaches tend to tighten up, and when they tighten up, the players tighten up. I mean, I'll give you an example. North Carolina, two weeks ago, uh, with one loss, it was at Notre Dame. I think it was pretty close, I think, on the road. I, I thought it was. I, I'm not sure, but they have to play Georgia Tech at home, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, Georgia Tech doesn't have their, they have an interim coach. Uh, things have not gone well. They lose 21-17, and they have a quarterback who's uh, a Heisman contender over 4,000 yards, a Richard freshman, I believe, playing sensational, and they lose. Then they host North Carolina State, who doesn't have their first-string quarterback, and they lose again, and overtime kicker misses the uh, field goal to tie the game uh, and continue with the overtime. So they're right. the team that had the ability to play two teams that things were not going their way, and they ended up losing. And it was two games at home. We figured, okay, we lose to Georgia Tech. All right. We made a mistake. We took them for granted. Then the next week, and that's a rival game. You're not going to take them for granted. And they end up losing again. Right. Well, AP, great observation, great perspective. Uh, unfortunately, I think we could go for hours. But unfortunately, we've reached the end of the show. Uh, but I want to thank you, as always, for calling in. And uh, great show. we're all looking forward to tomorrow night and oh by the way we're all looking forward to tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m eastern uh world cup usa versus iran usa uh it's an elimination game they win they're in they lose they're out uh so should be interesting but ap thank you again much appreciated hey it's my pleasure thank you so much john Thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.